everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise and Kim. I am Kim. I'm the other one. <laughs> and we are joined today by Lisa Gio. Did I say that correctly? Wonderful. We are going to learn a little bit more about Lisa in just a few minutes. But as we always start off our episodes, we would love to know, what are you celebrating? So Louise, Lisa, what are you celebrating today? I am. So here we are, kind of the um, end of spring, the end of spring, the end of winter into spring. Um, well, it goes so fast here. Spring is a week and then we're into summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's also that fun time of year of tax time. And so I know you weren't expecting me to celebrate tax season. Um but it was a really interesting process for me to really understand that as much as we were kind of talking about this in the green room, as much as I know I can do bookkeeping, I am not a bookkeeper. And I have a finance background. I come from right that, that accounting and project management, and I could do it. In fact, I, I've done it for a long time. I cannot do it for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm horrible. And I realized that investing a little bit in my business is investing in my sanity. And regardless of how well I believe I could do my own bookkeeping, um, I just really don't want to. Uh, so I'm celebrating that is like, um, the stuff I don't want to do is my celebration um, for this week. Because it's been kind of fun. The, it, the whole process was horrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not celebrating <laughs> it. Um, but I'm celebrating kind of that recognition of like, all right, it's time to get busy here. That's an interesting celebration, my friend. <laughs> but I get it. I get it, right? It's And what I loved is that opportunity to like, I am celebrating knowing the things I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. that are not in my zone of genius, right? I could do it for other people, but I don't, it's, it's not a good mix for me. And so letting that go and letting somebody else manage that for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm celebrating. Lisa, what are you celebrating? Um, I, I could also celebrate my bookkeeper because same, same, same. <laughs> um, I can't tell you the world of difference it made when I hired a bookkeeper for my business. Um, but I am celebrating the launch of my book, which happened April 11th. And for me, that seems like years ago. <laughs> and it hasn't even been a month yet. But this morning I had lunch or I had breakfast with a, a girlfriend who's also a coach. And she came in and she was like, Are you just so excited? And I was like, About what? She's like, Your book launch. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yes, I still have to be in that energy because it took me two years to the day to write it. And then what I just celebrate for like 15 days and then that's it. No, I'm going to, I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. So I'm going to celebrate the full month. So I've got till May 11th to continue to celebrate. Oh, I say, keep going. You just celebrate. You just like, right. Because we do. It's funny. Cause I was talking to a client this week and she, she, told me essentially like whether it's grief or joy, she gives herself essentially 72 hours. It's like wow. I have 72 hours and I will process it. That's the amount of time. If there's more to be done after that, it's not getting done. I'm like, well, that could be why you're talking to me. So <laughs> <laughs> just saying, could just be. Saying. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I am 
I am of the mindset that we can celebrate. I mean, I am known for glitter and sparkles and like I want to keep the party going. So I say go past May 11th and you just keep celebrating because that's a baby. You gave birth. And it was two two years. (laughs) Two-year gestation (laughs) period. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, just uh, continue that celebration. I am all about celebration. I love that this was like the first question you guys kick off with. Um, cause oftentimes I say like, if you're not having fun, why are we doing it? Right. Taxes, bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is not my zone of genius. Why am I doing it? I could spend eight hours trying to get my receipts in order or I can hire someone for $250 and they can do it for me. Yeah. And our celebrations, like Kim and I do this every week. I think this is why we've been at it for over a year now, because we get to celebrate with each other, with ourselves, with our listeners, and we just don't celebrate enough in our lives. Mm -hmm. We bounce over those things so quickly. We can ruminate and stew over the shitty stuff, but when it's good, it's like, no, get on with it. And it's like, no, let's celebrate a little bit more. Yeah. And last week, I didn't even get my celebration in, so I'm going to take it today. Go. (laughs) Because we just dove right in last week. So my celebration is um, this past week, I had an opportunity to have two speaking opportunities with the same group within a summit. And this was a group of people that I had not met before. And I generally, when I'm speaking at a summit, I try and listen to like one or two of the speakers. I listened. I went back to the replays. I listened to them all. And I'm celebrating the way the summit was put together and the beautiful job they did with it. It was called the uh, Reimagining Embodied Leadership Summit. Um, And it was the most amazing opportunity, just people from all different areas talking about how how to be a leader in these different beautiful ways. And um, so having that opportunity and then off of that being offered an opportunity to do even more speaking with these people. So I am I am celebrating having that opportunity to step into a new space, meet new people, and learn new things in a way that just felt very refreshing and very organic. Even though I was part of this program already, it was very organic because, again, I don't always, I'm going to own it. I don't always, if I'm part of a summit, listen to all of the speakers. You know, you kind of do your thing. And maybe if there's one before and one after, you might stick around for that. But like, I actually went back and listened to them and it was, it was so well worth it. So go find it on the interwebs. Nice. <laughs> I like that. So, um, oh, Charlie's here to celebrate too. I hear yeah. him. Yeah. 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 That would be Louise's cat, Charlie. So, um, so Lisa, I'm going to tell the world a little bit about you, and then we're going to let you tell your tell the world a little bit about you. Um, with Louise, we'll have a very specific question for you. All right. So Lisa is a certified transformational life and leadership coach and branding expert. She helps her clients find their clear vision and bring it to life through her clear vision framework. Her clients include senior level executives of Fortune 500 entertainment and media companies, leaders in marketing and tech, and ambitious entrepreneurs. She's the founder of Clear Vision U, a mindset and personal brand training program, and Be Bright Lisa Coaching. She is also the host of Find Your Clear Vision, a personal branding and mindset podcast. She lives outside of Chicago, and as she mentioned, her baby book, Find Your Clear Vision, launched in April. We are so glad that you are here with us, Lisa. 
Thank you. Louise, is there something you want to know? Well, I always, so I stalk all of our guests. I hope you don't <laughs> say that. Um, you have not always been a coach. You didn't come into this world as a coach. You had a completely different life before. So I'm really interested to hear about your career journey and kind of what brought you to where you are as a coach and an author and a speaker. Um, tell me, tell me more. Okay. You good stocking skills there. Um, so I started my career as a graphic designer in San Francisco during the dot-com boom and the dot-com crash. And I worked at a company called Addis, the brand essence company, which I find really fun because now I help human beings find their personal essence mm -hmm. and build their personal brand mm -hmm. or thought leadership. So I worked with companies like Pottery Barn Kids and Sephora and The Gap. I moved back, well, I moved back to Chicago in probably 2000 or so, 2001 or two, it gets kind of fuzzy. And then worked with design agencies here, advertising agencies and marketing studios, doing everything from web development to logo design, print work, and what I noticed was I was being, as any graphic designer is, you are paid to create the perfect design, mm -hmm. the perfect color, the perfect logo, mark, whatever it is, find the perfect alignment of the pixels to make the uh, perfect impression. And so that played like right into my limiting belief that, you know, I am of value because I am perfect. And then I took that idea, what I call your paradox pattern, I have to be perfect to be of value. I took that into my relationship with my husband, my stepkids, my kids, my work, right? <laughs> All the pieces of my life, which led to burnout, overwhelm, exhaustion, right? We've all heard this story. I think many um, life and leadership coaches are often brought to this work. Because one, you want to be of service to others, but also we kind of come through our own personal breakdown and breakthrough. So that happened for me in, well, multiple times, but the first one was 2013. I had my own graphic design studio called Step Brightly. I had started um, a nonprofit with a writer and a photographer and myself. And together we came and created Fourth Chicago, which was a community for creative female entrepreneurs. I was bringing my second baby into the world. I already had one, two stepkids, like all the things. And I was scheduled for a C-section, which was amazing for a perfectionist because we were like, <laughs> gonna get that done. Yep. And, um, but what I wasn't doing in all of this whole like you know swirl of uh, overwhelm and exhaustion was taking care of myself and i ended up with a solid case of shingles in my mid-30s which covered my face on the day my daughter was born and i scarred my cornea mm -hmm. uh big swells it was just it was gross and disgusting and did you think i learned my lesson no right? 
I continued to operate on top of that level of stress because I had thought it was normal. Um, and it wasn't until a girlfriend of mine, uh, Molly Rudberg was like, hey, Lisa, you know what? Um, this was like two years later. <laughs> the same work that you do with like your um, branding clients, helping them find their message, designing their look and feel, all these pieces. We kind of do that, you know, but with humans, do you want to come to this life coaching workshop? And I was like, sure, why not? And um, I went there on a Saturday and it was like the most vulnerable, awkward, weird, cringy conversation ever. I couldn't believe there was like grown men crying, people <laughs> sharing their feelings like out in the open. And I remember I sweat through my shirt and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe people are, are being this vulnerable. And so I recognized it was a place for me to step into. And, and so that was the coaching program I ended up enrolling in. And that was the start of my coaching career in like 2016. So now I've got all that brand strategy work. I no longer do the design. Instead, I help human beings find their personal essence, their clear vision, and then express that purpose through personal branding or thought leadership. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So much of that story I just want to dive into. And oh my God, I too. I So fear of pain coupled with being like a control freak, particularly at that time, like I'm a recovering control freak. Um, when they said, well, we're going to schedule you a C-section just based on your age and based on how you're gestating, like, we're just going to go ahead and schedule that. I was like, yes. <laughs> I know, right? It was like, <laughs> that's the answer ever. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I asked you that question, it was like, how the heck did you go from graphic design to author and coach and right and that space you're in now? And as you're telling your story, it was like, well, of course, mm -hmm. of course, <laughs> right? And yeah. it's those threads. I always find it so interesting that it looks like pivots look like, can look like 180s. And yet when you unpack it, it's like, it's not at all. It's about yeah. us getting back to what's really important, putting down all of that, the stress, the overwhelm, but reconnecting with like why you got into branding in the first place, right? And 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 bringing something that's so personal, even to a company, right? It's so personal and so self-identifying. Um, and now you were able to kind of connect that with actual humans. Um, but having to go through that, mucky middle stuff. Sometimes we got to go through that mucky stuff just to be able to look at our, our, our mock or where we're at a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and what I also loved in there that you shared, Lisa, is that there's a, what we're talking about today is trusting the universe. And there was a little bit of, right, when your friend invited you and you're like, okay, <laughs> like, sure, I'll do that thing. So there's trust and you were trusting on some level. Um, you may not have intentionally said, yes, I'm going to trust the universe and take this step, but it was, right, there definitely was trust there. There was, okay, yes. I can step into this. So what was that process like to just kind of step into something so new? Well, it was very uncomfortable and awkward. It was the first time I had invested in myself 
outside of college um, in a big way. It made me feel like this is a very trite um, metaphor, right? But you imagine the caterpillar that goes into the chrysalis and comes out a butterfly. That middle part in the chrysalis, it is dark and you're all alone and it's super mushy in there and you have zero idea what's gonna happen on the other side. But when you come out the other side, you don't just wanna be another caterpillar, mm -hmm. right? And you have zero idea that you're about to become this beautiful butterfly. So I'm someone who doesn't like go half ass. So that's why I was like, if this is making me feel uncomfortable and awkward and weird, that means it's actually a place to step into versus step out of and ignore and right put up a wall of some type of defense. Um, so I think that that was probably the best decision I had made for myself and my personal development. And my body now thanks me for it, right? Because I can now, instead of having to be, I mean, granted, there's a vaccine for shingles now. Mostly it's for people who are 50 plus, but they gave it to me at, I don't know, 35. <laughs> um, but I can recognize these cues. I can trust that if I don't do it perfectly, if I don't do it at 150%, if I actually gift my body rest and trust the decisions that I make, then I can not only calm down, but I can have an even bigger impact and have more fun in my business, for example, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think the challenge is for people that are in the, it's not even in the mucky middle, it's the caterpillars that haven't even decided to cocoon up, right? <laughs> right. right? What do you think prevents people from like, like leaning into that, that crunchy space? Well, the crunchy space. Um, let's see. I think that there's a moment of choice. So I could have chosen not to go to that workshop. I could have chosen not to have a second child. I could, right? There's so many choices that lead up to that moment in time. And I think oftentimes when you're stuck in your paradox, I call like that idea of being a perfectionist or control freak, mm -hmm. we all have our own flavor, right? It keeps us stuck. Mm -hmm. um, but I am being paid for being the best at being stuck, right? Oftentimes we are being paid for um, that exact thing that is keeping us the caterpillar, uh, being a perfect designer, being a control freak and a project manager, right? So, right, chief of, chief of operations, we want them to be a control freak, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you get paid to that point. So then there comes a moment in your career, for example, where you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm really good at this. It's gotten to me to where I am today, but I don't like it. It kind of sucks. And I know there's something else out there for me. There's some type of calling. But then here's the moment. Here's the choice moment. Either you follow the calling or you choose not to. And when you choose not to, and you choose to stay stuck, you can stay there and stay perfectly happy. You can be perfectly happy if you choose. But I think the type of clients that come work with me or come work with coaches, uh, they aren't happy and they recognize there's something on the other side for me. And that's where that trust comes in, whether it's in 
trusting yourself or the universe or God or a spirit or whatever it may be. Um, it's, it's really a huge leap of faith because it's the unknown. Yeah. I often talk about kind of going into the void. So it's that you know, what you're talking about, that space of the chrysalis. Um, there's, there's a, there's a place of void where we don't have a clue what's on the other side. And there's not just one way through, there's multiple ways through, but go, actually going into that void and, and allowing ourselves the time to kind of break everything down and be in our true essence, our true nakedness, our true self. And then from there, decide which step forward feels right. So that's that kind of what you're talking about, that place of like you have that decision. Do you follow the calling or do you stay where you are? Right? It's going into the void to figure out what step is next. And so I'm curious from your perspective and with the work that you do with your clients, like how do you encourage people to take a step when that void feels so scary, when it's like, but I don't know, like, is there a cliff on the other side? Is there sharks? Are there tigers? Is there a rainbow and unicorn? Like what is on the other side? I don't know. Like, how do you encourage people to take that first step? Yes. I've, I actually have had two potential clients recently who I gave a talk and then we had a follow-up conversation. They're both very, very successful women. Um, one just sold a tech company, the other one's a lawyer and, and they're like, you know, I, I feel there's something over here, but it's kind of scary. And, and I don't know what it is. And I often say everything that you want is in uncertainty. And so that is the very first step. Like, like you said, you have to go get naked there mm -hmm. in the middle before you can see the other side. Because if not, you are just going to have a nice change. It's gonna be, you know, it's a little bump, right? Maybe I'll get promoted or you have a little bump. It's a nice change. Again, you can be perfectly happy with that. But I think we are all in the business of transformation. And and so I'll, we, we can't just jump into transformation. Um, like for me, my body like sweated like crazy. And I was like, I don't know, should I do it? Should I not? And I, ste I stepped into that. A lot of people never even take that first step. So one of the ways that I work with like those two clients, for example, is be like, okay, cool, right? We're not going, we're not gonna become that butterfly today. We're not gonna burn all the bridges and quit your job and start a business tomorrow. We're just gonna sit down right here. And I want you to visualize like if that block in front of you, they often say, I can't even see it. And I said, okay, let's just imagine it's like an opaque wall and slowly it becomes maybe a little bit more transparent or you can just peek around to the other side or you just let it be there for a moment and instead tell me like, how would you feel on the other side? We don't need to know how to do it at all. And we're not going to do it today, but how would you feel, right? So then that connects them to their intuition or you know, their most vibrant self, their third eye. And you can just see and feel the like, right? You take the doing out of it and they can just connect to who they're being. Yeah, absolutely. So Lisa, as you were talking against the, your window behind you, there's a butterfly. 
Shut up. Oh, no, really? <laughs> so I like, I, I'm a little woo. So I was just like, yeah, they're coming to let you know that you like, that's what you do. You open people's opportunity, like the opportunities to become that butterfly. They are giving you that blessing saying, absolutely. So that was just very cool. And, and I think that having, using that metaphor of like that wall, right? Because we do, we have these blocks. How do we create opportunities? So I love that you're giving them different ways of accessing it because it's not that leap. It is that like one incremental piece at a time. Mm -hmm. So once they peek around, once they kind of get a look, like to walk us through there, like how, because each step of this is a new, new level of trust. So what yes. happens then after they kind of get, get around that wall? So with this lawyer, for example, um, we were able to lower the wall. She was able to see through it a little bit. And I asked her, well, how do you feel on the other side? doesn't matter what you're doing how do you feel when you're there? And she's like, I just feel this sense of space and openness. And so now we actually got to what I call your clear concept. It's the first step in the clear vision framework. C is for clear concept. And in the design world, the concept is the overarching idea, the, you know, the big message that you're going to carry through all your pieces. And so for her, it was space, right? And, and oftentimes, if you want to create space in your life or your business, your career, whatever it is, you have to gift yourself space first. And that's that inside job. So from that place, then we started to, you know, explore a little more, well, how would that feel? What would it look like? What would be there? So it's kind of a visualization um, technique. And when she's fully connected to how that feels for her, who she needs to be to embody space, then the first step is, again, we're not launching out there into the world at this point. We're going to build space for you because as the leader of your personal and professional life, you need to embody those qualities first, right? That's how people become a transformational leader. Oftentimes, I think that's where leadership actually gets it wrong in that the traditional um, definition of transformational leader is somebody who motivates and inspires other people with their vision, right? So it's like, you all out there versus <laughs> I'm the transformational leader who embodies and motivates myself and I have a vision. And when I have a vision and other people can see it, then I become visionary, mm -hmm. right? So when I become someone who can trust myself and my decisions and who I'm being, then I become someone who is trustworthy. So it's just, it's always an inside job first. Yeah, absolutely. That we get stuck up here in our heads, eh? So much. It's like, how, 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 how? Like that's that, that spinning, right? How do I get a promotion? How do I right get better at this? How do I do that? How, how? And it's that recognition of like, we don't need to answer the how today. Um, I, I, people struggle with unhooking from that. 
Um, and let's, let's just get into our bodies and understand like, what are we feeling? Like why, right? Get back to our whys and understand um, what, what's our purpose here? What does that look like? Um, those are all like, none of those are how questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, my yeah. humans are very capable human beings. Most people are, especially those that want to make a bigger impact. They can go out and build a new business. They can go get that promotion probably with their eyes closed, but mm -hmm. that's just going to give them that tiny change versus transformation. Yeah. Right. Right. That's that little bump you were talking about. Yeah. 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 I love that. And we got to lean in, right? Like that, that uncertainty comes from not just outside of who we are, but inside, right? right. Um, being really uncertain that like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm talking about if I use my intuition. I don't know what that feels like. I don't know any of those things because I'm, I'm stuck up here in my head because that's what served me up until now. Um, yes. And I want to do something different. I want to be something different, right? I want to I want to make a bigger ripple in the pond. Um, and so what what do I want to bring to that pond? What's my, what's my pebble I want to drop in? Um, but yeah, it is, there's a lot of trust there. And like when we talk about trusting the timing, um, it really is about just understanding that, that I, the, the more work you do, the more you lean into that crunchy place, the more uncomfortable that you are when you're doing it with intention and things start to reveal it themselves. And, and, and it will be, right, the timing will be perfect um, for that next step, whatever that is. But there's a lot of intention that has to go into that, that next step and into that self-trust is really where it starts. Well, it's so interesting because I'm hearing from both of you that um, trusting the universe is really about trusting ourselves. Yeah. And it is something, right, that that I believe as well, that when we start by trusting ourselves, then we can trust others. We can, we have an opportunity to trust the universe. We have an opportunity to trust those things that we can't see, feel, hear, touch yet. And mm -hmm. so it does start with trusting ourselves. And by trusting ourselves, we actually are trusting in the, the universe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 100%, 100%. I wrote in the book, there's an entire chapter on inner trust, because like you're pointing to, I think people often come to me because they say, well, I just can't focus. I don't know what to focus on, or I don't know how to make, right? Like that's a typical one. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I don't know how to make a clear decision and I can make choices in business, no problem. But when it comes to me, I just don't know. There's so many choices. Mm -hmm. So they just are actually like intentionally overwhelming themselves mm -hmm. versus, and it's not about making the choice or the decision. It is first step one, trust yourself because you know what you're aligned to, you know, your intention, you know, your why, your purpose, your vision. And when you know that little tiny nugget, even if it's just the word space, for example, then you can choose well, what will provide me more space? Am I a yes or am I a no for that? And then boom, you make a choice because you trust yourself because you know kind of the, you know, the values that you are going to be choosing from. 
And that is like the biggest time saver in the world. <laughs> so I have a question for both of you. What are some of the techniques that you use with yourself or you use with clients to help them step into this place of trust? Well, I'm going to say it. It's about data. It's about evidence, right? I think that um, we don't trust ourselves because we're stuck in this story or this belief that it, something is the way it is, right? Our limiting beliefs that I only can do this this one way. I can only make space in my day when I make space in my calendar, right? And so I must manage my calendar, right? And that's a belief that we have. And so we don't trust ourselves, right, to be able to know what's important. We don't trust ourselves to be able to manage without a without a, a, a watch on. So I'm going to be right? I'm not going to be late for a meeting. And, and so finding ways to um, get information that kind of will validate um, what it is that you are really going for. And, and that information, that data starts to blow up that story that we have in our heads and that belief that we've carried with us. And, and that's setting up those experiments, setting up those things to say, you know what, I'm going to try this really low risk thing um, and, and see where it goes. And I'm going to be really intentional about reflecting on what did I learn when I did that? Um, what went well? What didn't go well? And that's like this real life stuff that I think is so crucial for blowing up those stories and those beliefs that we carry with us that, that we don't know. Um, you, you do know. Um, so let's, let's put it into action in little ways where you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I didn't know how to do that. Or, oh yeah, I did know how to have a really tough conversation or, oh yeah. Right. And so I, for me, that's what that is, is about finding ways to get the data and the evidence that supports, right. And then you start to just, it just starts to snowball, um, and you start to trust yourself way differently than you have in the past. I love that yeah. you're using the word evidence now. I am. You said that the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is a really, that is data. I like that word too. Data and evidence. Um, let's see. How do I practice that with my clients? Um, yeah, I like what you said, Louise, about having to break up a previous story that you held as true. Right. Some, a lot of people come and say, well, I don't have enough time. And I mean, <laughs> from my perspective, I know that's not true. Similarly, when someone says, well, I don't know what my vision is. I don't think that's true either. And so you have to kind of uncover, well, what is the story they're holding as true that is protecting them from the void or the messy middle or from making a choice that is aligned to a scary, you know, like what if I do leave my job? You know, what if I do have to get up on state, whatever it is, they're holding the fuzziness, the not having enough time, not having enough money. Uh, I don't know what my partner would say if I invested in myself, right? We just throw all of these roadblocks in the way. And it's like you said, starting to practice in the like tiny low gradient ways. Well, how could I practice space? How could I practice trusting myself? 
you could even do it with making the choice on what to have for dinner or, oh, here's a good one, what to watch on Netflix in the evening. I waste a lot of time being like, no, no, I don't feel like a rom-com. No, no, right? <laughs> so if I just came with intention and be like, today I'm watching Bridgerton, right? I would save myself 15 minutes of time, hands down. So you can practice just in that tiny little way. <laughs> like that is inner trust. Thank you. It is. I kind of knew what you wanted. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sitting here laughing because I'm trying to decide what book to read next. I literally have lost like hours going through <laughs> and being like, and I still haven't started a new book because I'm trying to find the next right book. And it's like, just pick one. You're going to read them all eventually. Just pick one. That's hilarious. Well, and then, so my mom told me this. She's like, you read the first 100 pages of a book, you don't like it, you put it down. Oh, I definitely no. <laughs> adhere to that. 100%. I made the mistake with the, what was it? The Goldfinch. It was like 9,000 pages long. And it was kind of painful to get through. And there were some good parts, but then it was painful again. And then you got to the end and there was no payoff. And I was really pissed. And I'm like, no, when I am this uncomfortable in a book, I'm never going to finish it again. So I give myself that permission. And if you liked The Goldfinch, it's fine. Lots of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what's interesting, right? So we're talking about those little things. We're talking about um, making incremental changes and finding ways to start trusting ourselves with low risk. And so when we think about taking this to that other place of trusting the universe, is really what we've been focusing on is, is how do I trust myself? So when we're ready to take that next step and trust that we are being held by a force that's bigger than us, something we can't see, um, whether or not we believe in the spiritual realm or not, there is energy, there is however you want to call it out there. So how do we take that step or how do we encourage others to take that step to now we're, we've practiced trusting ourselves to trusting this thing that's bigger? Is there anything different that you do? Hmm. I would take action. I think that, right, there's a difference between being like a philosopher and being a thought leader, right? Or even just having thoughts and being a leader. Like there is the action part that you have to add to it. So we can, you know, faith is an interesting word as well. When we talk about trusting the universe, it, we can kind of divide it up into two spaces. There's trust and then there's the universe. And I think that trust is the inside job. You have to make a choice and then act on it and have faith in yourself, faith in the universe, faith in God, whatever spiritual realm it would be for you. Um, but that they're going to hold you in that choice and move you forward. And for me, I get tripped up in that space sometimes because I will think things like, well, it's not safe to, to say that thing. It's not safe to show up in that big way. It's not safe you know, like even in the tiniest ways, I can see how I'm uh, handing down this limiting belief of safety to my daughter, for example. We were walking through a woods nearby 
where we live because there's like a, I live in Riverside and it's literally surrounded by a river. We were walking by the river and up ahead in the woods, I saw a very large man sitting there on a bike um, talking to himself. And then he noticed us and he started to point and I was like, boop, right? Safety first. I'm like, let's go. And so I just turned us around and left. It was the middle of the day. And I told my daughter, you know, if um, you ever see something where you feel like it might be an unsafe situation, best thing to do is to get out of it, right? So I had to trust my intuition to do that and to leave and make that choice. Now, would have any would it would have anything happened? I don't know, right? <laughs> it's the middle of the day in a pretty busy area, um, but trusting my intuition now. Was I trusting it from a limiting belief that I'm not safe around really large men who talk to themselves in forests, maybe? Um, or, right, and, and what thoughts do I then hand down to my daughter? I want her to trust herself and her intuition and make choices like this that are aligned to a place where she feels safe and confident in the choices that she's making without you know, some of the, the safety issues, for example, that I, I grew up with. Um, so, so it's an interesting place, right? To have faith in the universe, to have trust in yourself um, and take action anyways, from a place of, you know, I keep pointing to like your third eye center or your heart in both of those spaces to save time and make choices and move forward. So for me, it's always this idea of moving forward and taking action that's aligned to to where you're going. Yeah, yeah. I, if if you didn't have that trust in yourself that you right, like you notice right a potentially dangerous situation, um, and we're not paying attention, then who knows what could happen, right? But it's that I think it's that word attention that kind of hooks it for me is to say that when we trust ourselves, we start paying attention to different things because I believe the universe is always serving up choices, all kinds of choices, all kinds of doors, great big long hallway, all kinds of doors. Like we're not trusting ourselves to look up, to see those doors. And we're just looking at the carpet, walking through our lives. We miss out on those opportunities. And for me, I think, that self-trust is that we actually are looking up, um, not at our feet anymore. And we actually now get to see what the universe is providing us or, or what's there, what those choices are. And and we get to trust ourselves because we've done the inner job, right? We've done all that inner work. Now we get to trust ourselves that we're going to make a choice that's going to be really aligned with who we are. Um, and we're not going to worry about it because we've already done all that work. We're not going to ruminate. Did I make the right choice? Did I make the wrong choice? What would happen? Not, none of that. Um, we're going to, we're going to do it with, um, with confidence and, and we're, we're just, we're just going to keep going. Um, and I think that's that really transformational, transformational piece is that, We've done all that work already, and now we can just right act upon all of those doors that are in front of us. That's why it's so interesting, Louise. Because sorry for jumping in there. It you had said um, attention, like that word grabbed out or jumped out to you, and from yeah. what you just shared, the word awareness jumped out to me. Because when we're paying attention, 
And when we have awareness, we have the ability to see all of the things that are beyond ourselves. And I think that's that, that's that magical space for me where we get to move beyond just trusting ourselves and our intuition, right? And saying, I know what to do and what actions to take. It's we actually can look outside of ourselves and we're paying attention and we are aware of all of the things and all of the gifts that exist. And that is not to say every gift that comes our way is filled with glitter and unicorns and rainbows. Mm -hmm. Some gifts are a little scary. And, mm -hmm. but to have that awareness and to say, okay, thank you universe for putting this in front of me for me to understand. So, right. The universe could have put this individual in your way so that you could go through this process and think, how do I want to instill a lesson here for my child? Right. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that and having that awareness that there is, there is energetically um, things happening all the time. And I so that. Al yeah. allowing that. So attention, awareness, and allowing. I guess those are, that's what I would call it. <laughs> well, Kim, to add to that, I love the idea if like um, Louise, what you said, well, if I'm ruminating, looking at the carpet, looking at my feet, kicking sand, stuck in my head then you aren't looking up and noticing the doors that are just passing you by. And so there's a moment when that, that magical alignment happens between your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. And then you notice, oh my God, this amazing opportunity just like appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're like, no, it didn't, <laughs> right? You've been aligning to it this entire time. Yeah. You just noticed it, right? You just opened up your eyes and you were aware to the butterfly back here. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's where that magic happens. That's where creativity lives. That's where ideas flow. And that's where your impact can, can become deeper and greater. And you can really be in service of others because that's like self-awareness to the nines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful place to kind of step in and say, so what golden nuggets are we taking from this conversation? What is it that we want to take with us and, and either continue to think about process or take into the world in a different way? The thing that stuck out for me is something, Lisa, you said at the very beginning of um, our episode today. And that's like that, that we get paid to be in the, in the stuck. And it's so true, right? We're just like, we're here spinning and spinning and spinning. Um, and, and pay can be financial. It can be all kinds of things. Right. But there's, there's something that, that keeps us here in the, in this stack. And, and it's often it, we've brought it there, um, with us. It's right. That's the story, um, that, right. That is sticking us to the place we are and we can't we can't get to even to see that uncertainty, right? We can't get beyond that wall. Um, but I just imagine like uh, being on a tricycle spinning in the mud, right? And it's like, no, I want to get somewhere, but I'm just spinning, spinning, spinning. Um, but I loved that, that we often get paid to stay stuck. Um, and that's so true. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> 
Well, and I imagine like when you're on a tricycle stuck in the mud and you just keep pedaling faster, you're just not, not going to go anywhere. <laughs> and now you're you exhausted and overwhelmed and oh, burned out. Yeah. All <laughs> right. uh, and you're like, why am I not going anywhere? Why isn't this working? Oh, right. <laughs> um, let's see. One of my, and, and what you said right there also made me think of the idea that you're a piece of tape stuck to the ground and you you have to literally pull yourself off of it unstick yourself in order to get to the other side so one of my biggest takeaways from today's conversation was that butterfly i mean talk about manifestation i think trusting yourself taking action and moving that into the universe um, on the other side of that, that is where manifestation happens. But really, it's because you've taken these steps leading to that space. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it's kind of the culmination of what we ended up saying. It's that attention, awareness, and allowing. And really, those three together, those three working together, just like the three of us in this conversation bringing a different lens each one gives us a different way to look at things and gives us a different way to move forward into more deeply trusting ourselves and then the universe. So that's my takeaway. Um, Lisa, where can people find you in the world? How can they get in touch with you if they want to do that? Yes. Well, I've got my book here. This is my personal copy. I like literally... I had post-it notes to my own personal copy. You can get the book, Find Your Clear Vision, A New Mindset to Create a Vibrant Personal or Professional Brand with Purpose on Amazon. And you can also connect with me on my website at thebrightlisa.com. And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Okay, great. We included the LinkedIn and Instagram links in with um, the show notes. So everybody should be able to find you and go check out your book and find out all the wonderful things that you're about in the world. Um, before we officially wrap up, we do want to say that if you join us next week, we're going to be talking to Carla Madeleine Coupe. She and um, we are going to be talking about empowered communication. Um, another fabulous person from the Chicagoland area. So so, um, or who's currently living in the Chicagoland area. So we are excited to welcome her as well. Um, all right. What? That's it. <laughs> um, the end. Um, I, <laughs> um, I love, I feel brightness after our conversation today. It started in the green room about talking about weather and, and sunshine and longer days. And it ended up talking about given the name of your website, right? Be bright, Lisa. And I just love that. It's just, it's bright. So I want to wish everyone a very bright and sunshiny day. Thank you. Love that. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I so appreciate you. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in, whether it was live or Memorex. See you later. Have a good one. Bye for now. Bye-bye.